is up everybody my name is james d fiore and this is blackballed last year we had a guest on who is our guest tonight and the really interesting thing about that conversation um that i took with me was the departure from a typical hip-hop tour and something that kind of reminded me of like remember those mtv unplugged sets and i was completely 100% supportive of it. I, I kind of knew it would work. I know that sounds cocky, but I, I kind of knew it would work. And there were so many things about it that that reminded me of all the things that I loved about hip hop, including the versatility of hip hop itself. I remember things like Chip Fu and um, KRS-One rhyming to like Figaro and things like that. And I remember um, Chaos doing some really cool shit back in the day as well. And I thought that this was, was sort of in the same vein, but um, and there's a few reasons why. I'm going to play a clip before we bring him on. And in this clip, what we're going to see is 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 what I think. Um, I think the marketing for this event was really good. I think really everything about this event was was one of those things that are about this tour was um, was kind of made for a hip hop audience that is of a certain age, I thought. And then I realized as I'm watching the clips that it, it really was the age range was a lot wider than I think maybe some people expected. I thought it would be great for everybody, but I'm just going to play this. We'll come back with our guest. That's what I do. Yeah, I'm feeling kind of famous in my hometown. People hold me up because I hold them down. I never moved away from my family Got the same friends since elementary Y'all know the name and the style But don't know what I have Cause in my circle of friends The ones who boasted and brag Ended up insecure, jealous of what others had Glad I was raised a little different by my mother and dad Y'all know the name I was a skater and a jock always showing off My role models were Wayne Gretzky and Tony Hawk A C student, I was average at best Till I found hip hop, put my attitude in check Then I found my identity Stopped caring about what anybody said to me a lot of people make music to make you go forget about life I make mine to hopefully help you out and deal with it right That's what I do We know it's open mm, That's what I do We know it's open Yeah, how many times I gotta tell ya huh? I'm doing this with or without ya huh? I went through all of it and back again huh? That's what I do and I ain't playing by the books, I don't know how I write my own story as it goes down And you can either love me or hate me No one cares about the ones who play it safe Please welcome back to the show, my man, Classified Classified, how you doing, buddy? What's happening, buddy? How are you? I'm doing well, man So, listen, be, that was from the Retrospected album and the subsequent tour I asked you the last time you were here, and... uh if you uh, why you didn't book uh, bigger cities 
And I think your answer at the time, and I'm paraphrasing, it's literally from memory. I didn't re-watch re the podcast or anything, but from memory, you were saying it was something to the effect of you, you just kind of, because it was such a departure that you weren't quite sure how the fans um, would, would kind of react to it because it's kind of a sit down thing. Yeah. And I remember, and I remember saying to you, I think they're going to love it. And now that you were back off the tour, tell me how it went. Tell me what you thought and, and, and what the vibe was like. It was good, man. You, you, you were right. They loved it. You know, the first show I think was in Ottawa. And I know I told you this before. I was nervous because it was just a different type of show. I didn't know what people would expect, but as soon as we did that first night and I just got that, vibe for like an hour hour and a half on stage and was like okay we we can do this is a whole different um whole different energy than what our normal show is but it went over great like a lot of people that wrote to a bunch of shows were saying that could have been their favorite show i think just the intimacy of it the you know the personal touch to it made a lot of people closer to, closer to the music maybe yeah there you there was a lot of interaction with the audience too wasn't there yeah yeah totally that was the whole vibe like you could in those type theaters you can hear anything everybody says so even when you don't want to hear from the crowd you're going to hear it yeah i have a clip actually for that let, let me see if this kind of fits in that a little bit This is the fifth show on the tour. Uh oh, that's the difference from the shows and the shows like this. We hear everything. That, that, that's what I wanted to play. Because I don't know who that I don't know who that woman was talking to, but that's what I was thinking. Was that there? So, Thanks. so was it distracting ever? Yeah, a lot of time. <laughs> really, eh? <laughs> same time as much as it was distracting and added to the show because you know we'd have our set plan but someone might oh do the maritimes or do you know something we'll be like oh you know you want to hear something like that my man home would just jump on the keyboard start playing the riff and we jump into it so that kind of added to the show of the spontaneous just kind of nothing to a certain format it was really like you were coming to my living room we were just shooting the shit what songs you want to hear okay we'll do a little bit of it I'm kind of curious of the um, of what it might have done to your. Um, I don't know. I don't know if the process is the right word, but say you write a new track now, you have this banger, and it's yep. dope. Is it is it hard not to? Is it hard for your mind not to go to a place of what would this sound like acoustically? Oh yeah, I, I, I got five songs done for this new project, and they're one's chill. The other four are straight bangers: boom bap, dirty hip hop. It's been a few years since I got to make a record like that, so. I kind of went hired in, but the story's still there. The lyrics are still there. I feel like I'm still saying something. So I was already thinking, okay, for TikTok, we'll shoot an acoustic version. Me and my guitar player, me and my keyboard player. And I think the songs will still, they resonate a different way, but they'll still come across right, I think, because there's still stories and still lyrics in there. No, 100%. One of the real cool things about it, too, um, is that um, there was such a personalization of the show itself um i've seen i i saw i don't know if it was uh your guy or, or someone who just kind of bootlegged it but there's like a one hour ottawa show online and it's the oh, whole really? thing yeah i'll send it to you in case you want to sue him um but <laughs> you know. hear all my jokes and shit i don't want them to hear all that okay well listen it, it, it was a great show though and i'm curious like like you know 
first of all, let me let me let me show a picture too because it, it felt like you brought your living room on tour. Like that's that's yeah. kind of what it felt like. And then I was watching um, one of the I, I don't know if it was one of the clips that I already played uh, or if it's one that I'm going to play later. But um, I saw this, and it's a it's an art thing of Pat's day, and I think it says, "Imagine if you're imagine if we treated our friends and family or our loved ones." Um, what is that? It's hard for me to read. If we knew their days were numbered. Yeah. Uh, did he write that to you? No, no. He said that. Uh, he tweeted two, two or three days before his death. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, I think it might have been two days before, two, three. Within that last week, it was, you know, randomly. And, yeah, I think that stuck with a lot of people that saw that tweet and then what happened a couple of days after. So, but, no, we, we do a moment for Pat. I know Pat. He's been to my house. You know, we've done music together. So we, we do a little moment in the show that's kind of dedicated to Pat, a song that he came over to my house, heard the beat, gave me a lot of love on it, and I ended up turning that into a song. And We do that every night for Pat. So. so give me an idea of what the crowd was saying to you, like what kind of feedback you had from them um, as far as these shows go. Because when I looked at the, the crowd, I was like, this is like his base, I think. And then a bunch of people, th there were certain clips that I saw where it was like, I don't know if that guy's ever been to a hip-hop show before, but I know that guy really likes what he's hearing. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I think just the openness of it. I, I feel like that's the most feedback of people who are. I come off weird, but like the bigger shows where it's rah rah rah, uh, it's it's almost like you're on stage and in, in like this. I don't want to say untouchable, but like you're you're in a different world. You're up on stage. We're watching you. You're doing your show. Where this is more like you're, you know, the real me. You know, it's like, like I said, you came over to my house, and that's why we did the living room setup because I wanted to feel like you came in the living room. So we got the coach, we got the lamps, and it's a chill vibe, and and that's the biggest thing. Like if I could see Snoop Dogg like that, or if I could see, you know, Nas or Redman, some of my favorite artists like that, I know I'd appreciate it. For a guy that's been listening to hip hop for a long time, seeing all these guys perform, but if I could see them perform like that, where they're they're reachable. They're, they can hear me talk to them right now. Like, I, I think that's just a cool breaking down a, a wall that between artists and, and the fan or the listener. Totally. Like, I, I, I wonder, just thinking off the top of my head about artists that where that kind of vibe would, would suit them. And I'm thinking of guys like, I, I think that Eminem could pull that off. He's got so, so much content that I think he could pull that off. Yeah. But, but also it guys like, yeah, sorry. So I'm, I, I think it's more for not people who have enough songs, but people are very comfortable to be themselves. And like Snoop, Snoop could do that because he could sit in the chair, roll blood, sit there, do his thing, crack some jokes. It's Snoop. Some artists are very mysterious. You know, they don't really put the real person personality out there sometimes. And to, to go out in front of a hundred, you know, or for an hour and a half in front of a bunch of people that can talk to you and say stuff that might put you in an awkward situation. A lot of artists might not be comfortable in doing that. Did you, did you have an opener? Uh, yeah, we had this girl named Rini Smith, who's from Nova Scotia. She opened up the show. Oh, okay. Is it the same vibe or is, it, is she a singer? Singer, keyboard player. So that's the whole energy. She comes out, it's kind of beautiful music, amazing singer. She does a couple covers or just one cover and then kind of picks it up a little bit little 10 minute break go get your refreshments and then we get back into it i'm just curious because i'm always curious about the business side and the back end stuff what's what what was the reaction at the label i am the label so like because oh. it's all right so this is all me that i answer to it i do have a distribution deal through universal mm -hmm. so 
you know, I bring them my music, my plans, what they want to do. And they were cool. They were supportive, but it's just a very unique label. Like they didn't, you know, we don't know what playlist to stream on. Hip hop playlists aren't going to play because it's acoustic. Acoustic playlists aren't going to play because it's hip hop. So I think that was the biggest challenge for us is it going, this record doesn't fit in anywhere. And you know how the game goes, the music and radio and everything. Something got to kind of fit somewhere. or It's just kind of left out in its own, but it's cool, man. Like people who are checking for it, I think, we're happy with it. I think people that never expected it and just caught wind of it were like, oh, this is refreshing. And so it's. Have you started, like, sorry, say again? A different type of project to push, not like a normal pushing a normal record. It's very trial and error and kind of try this, try that, and see what we can do. It speaks to me, man. Like, I mean, I, I don't want to belabor this point, but I, I, I think that. Um, I think it's inventive. It's it's funny because it's kind of a cross between being inventive and being classic. You know what I mean? Yeah, doing all these old old songs done over in a way in hip hop that usually isn't done. But no, I feel you too, man. Like this is the type of show I would like to bring to a new market that I feel like I, I could get behind this because I just don't feel like you can get a show like this anywhere in the world, like acoustic. Sitting down, I got two super talented singers with Owen and Brett one plays keys one plays uh guitar and like their talents in their own are next level like when you see these two guys you're like oh my god so you know if you're a fan of me i'm just bringing these guys to back it up and make everything sound even better um have you ever songs that were um from from inception from the genesis of the song where you realized as you're writing it that the identity of a song would be best served if it was an acoustic rather than a, a bang that turned into one? Um, All About You, which is an older song I did 15, 16 years ago now. That was the first time I did something like that, where it started as an acoustic song. My buddy was playing guitar, singing a couple lines, and then I just wrote my part. And I tried to put big drums on it and all this stuff, but I kept pulling it off because I was like, man, you just feel the lyrics more when the drums and the bass weren't weren't there with it it just breathe more so not a lot i always because i'm just i'm a beat guy so i'm always trying to throw drums into stuff unless i'm intentionally being like no let's keep it out and do it this way so besides all i I don't think there is another song that i did that stays stripped down in its original form yeah um i asked you last time um about getting high before shows and you told me that the one time you never got high before show was like the best show because this yeah. is so intimate, yeah. yeah. Be, because because this is, I think it was was it South by Southwest you said, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah it was yeah. And and because this is um, so intimate, I'm wondering like how what was was it was it was it um, more uncomfortable or more comfortable being high before a show? <laughs> I guess uh, I'm asking. It's uh, it's more uncomfortable, like because you can slip up words like crazy. So I I only smoke. Like, during a normal show, me and my DJ, my brother, we'll hang out and smoke 20 minutes before the show. With this show, two hours before, I smoke my joint. Like, I got it down to a ritual now. Two hours before, I'll smoke a joint. An hour before, I'll have a drink. And by the time I get on stage, I'm, all, I'm just starting my third drink. And that's kind of, for me, feels oh. like a balance of, like, I'm chill, I'm relaxed, but I can still get through my lyrics and, and pay attention enough. Two hours? That would I would just be tired. <laughs> no, <laughs> And usually I would be, but the drink hour before kind of like balances it back out or something. And it it, it yeah. works for me. Um, 
were you ever in the spoken word scene or did you dig it? Did you ever go see spoken word shows? I mean, not like the King, King of the Dots stuff, but the actual like slam poetry shit. Yeah, yeah. No, I've seen a couple, but no, I was never like really into it. Like never, you know, obviously respected as a person in hip hop and lyrics and, you know what I mean? Poetry is very similar, but no, it was never like, oh, I got to get to the library and check out the the slam shit. It's dope though. Like now that I'm older and I respect it more and pay attention, I'll listen to it and I get more out of it now because I think I listen to it more or listen harder anyway. But no, I was never like a big fan of the scene or like into the scene and paying attention to it. Oh, you freeze up or what? I think I lost you. Oh, there we go. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. You started cutting out there. You still there? We have a small technical difficulties. Could be my end. Might be James's end. Edge there. Give us.
Yeah. Hey, buddy. There we go. <laughs> Fuck, man. I have Elon Musk internet. You got me on what? I have Elon Musk internet. I have Starlink. And it used to be... Oh, it used to be amazing. And now it sucks. Now it's like... It comes in and out. I got like a... It says I have like full energy, but... Uh, or whatever, full, you know, uh, connectivity. But it's hanging by a thread. Did they just send up new satellites for Starlight like two or three days ago? I don't know, maybe, but it's been it's been really temperamental lately. I, you know what it's doing to me? It's making me realize I shouldn't do live shows. Um, you know, it's it's just one of those things. Like if uh, if that was what four minutes of deadness, right? Like and 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 on my end, it looks like everything's frozen, but I'm pretty sure like the <laughs> the audience can still hear me as I struggle trying to figure out what the fuck to do about this shit. Um, so, so yeah, I'm hip hop forever, you know. Um. I had Julie Black on last week. What did you think about her anthem lyric switch? I was cool with it. I, I thought we... I, I feel like I heard people saying that the last few years that that might have been something we changed to anyway. So when I first heard it, it didn't even catch me off guard. I was like, oh, cool. She's doing it the the new yeah. way. And then, you know, I thought it was I dope. Think, yeah, I wasn't mad at it. I know some people were really up... I don't know who got mad at it. I don't know why you'd be mad at that. Especially if you know the history of this country. It's... It's the same people. It, it was so funny. I told her the same thing. I wrote a piece about it for Cryer, and uh, it was just like the same people that spent three weeks annoying the fuck out of a million people in Ottawa couldn't like stop clutching their pearls over one syllable. Uh, I don't know if it would. I wouldn't put it all on those people because I'm. I'm saying there's a lot of crossover there. I'm saying there's crossover, but there's crossover everywhere. So you know, we we can go either way, but. I don't know. I think people that hold that so dear to their heart of Oh Canada to that lyric change just didn't seem like the. I thought it was cool that brought lights up to something that didn't seem like as a big terrible thing like people tried to make it out to be. Some people tried to make it out to be. No, not, I agree. I thought it was. I thought it was. I thought it was dope. I thought I put it in the same pile as uh, Mahmoud Abdul Rauf when he was used to pray. Remember the basketball player Chris Jackson that used to pray. Um, played for the Denver Nuggets. Uh, you should see this documentary that they did called Stand. It's really good. Um, and it's all about him. They burned his house down, dude. Because well, sure. he, would, he wouldn't, like, you know, pay attention to the anthem. And then Colin Kaepernick. I thought it was, like, better than both those guys. I mean, it wasn't obviously as, like, um, big as far as the press goes because it's Canada. But, I mean, it was so, like, you know, like, as writers, we search for the economy of words all the time to get our point across. And mm-hmm. in, in, in when we write, uh, you know, when we write rhymes, we trim our syllables so that they fit so that, you know, it's economical. I couldn't think of anything. I, I'd never seen anything in my life that was so economical and yet so impactful that started a conversation. I thought I thought she I thought she was dope. That's what I mean. Like it fit in like you could have been singing it like that for 20 years and you didn't even know. Our home on Asia. That's right. Like I just don't think it's an argument. We know the history of Canada now, at least most people should. And it seems like a pretty straightforward fact. I, I, anyway. Yeah. I didn't get the problem with it. I liked it. Um, who are this? If you don't mind me asking who are, if any, are some of the collabs that you'll be working with on the next album? Uh, you had so many and there were such good pairings. Like the, I really kind of stayed in my studio and just wrote and just the last three years, a lot going on, a lot changing and just, Feel like I had quite a bit of stuff to say, so it's kind of me just me making some beats, writing yeah. some rhymes. It'd be a little bit more of a hip hop album, and I think just because 
of the hunger of wanting to get back to that world a little bit after doing an acoustic thing and taking the drums at everything. You know, like I got some dirty breaks and just some, some classic boom bap stuff. I'm just excited to just rock over some beats. But yeah. like there is some songs where I'm saying some stuff. There's some stories. There's some there's a couple songs that I think people are going to be like, oh, OK. Are you are you and I don't think you should be. I'll, I'll preamble this question because I, I certainly don't think you should be. But is there a part of you that's like, has anyone been like, oh, he's turning into an emo rapper? I hate that word, by the way. I can't. Oh, what? Like the acoustic stuff? Just like, just like the stuff that means something, like the stuff that you write about, like where you grew up or your daughter or whatever. Like, like you know. Oh, man. If anyone says I'm turning into that, they haven't been listening because I've been talking that for 20 years. That's right. I hate that word. That word emo. That, or like, oh, the internet guy it's like okay so you just listen to radio like that's that's how you program your music you listen to radio and that's cool if that's all you know me is but if you do your homework and follow what i do you know it goes way deeper than that so that's who i do this for are you going to do another retrospective tour and hit those big cities that you didn't hit the first time around yeah yeah like we got toronto coming up we did uh edmonton calgary uh we're just figuring out montreal right now but I'm always going to do the retrospective vibe. Like, I feel like that's what I can do when I'm 55, 60 years old. If I want to go out and play some shows with the boys, like I can do that anywhere and it's comfortable. It kind of depends on the, the venue. If we go, if we get booked for a venue and there's no seats, we do the regular show and we come out and we try to rock the crowd. If there's seats and I feel like people are sitting down and they're more listening and want to pay attention to the music rather than vibe out and jam to the music then i'll do the acoustic stuff so it kind of just depends on the show and what we're getting booked for but i like that i now have that in my arsenal because doing my hype party rocking show when everyone's sitting down that that's just has always been, <laughs> always been a weird vibe trying to make it work with it but this sit down thing is like i can do this in front of 10 people feel comfortable I love, I, I, I used to like, cause I have a hard time with like live hip hop. I'm like, like 50% of the rappers that even I like are, are, I mean, the live shows suffer because, you know, it, they just do. Uh, it, I'm a lyric, I'm a lyric person. So like, it's hard for me to like get down with lyrics in a, in a, in an, in an arena, you know, like it's, it's, it can be difficult. And, and, but that's the difference is some people want to sit there and hear the lyrics, hear the music and appreciate the singer's harmony some people want to get messed up go to a club sing at the top of their lungs mess the lyrics up and, and rock out so it just depends what you're coming for and i try to make the show you know fit fit the fit the arena um i like the idea of you being like 80 <clears throat> and like being not being able to walk you know and like wheeling well, you out wheeling you out in a wheelchair <laughs> just like you're going hitting the drum machine like i'm not mad at that that yeah. to me is more natural, more real, more more just cool than being a sixty five year old guy on stage. Get your hands up! Yeah, <laughs> like, I don't want to be that guy. Will I still have fun doing that at that age? If I could do it, probably will still enjoy it. If you can but put your hands up, yeah, still move. You know what I mean? There's a God, There's a lot. There's a lot of rhyme schemes. There's a lot of rhyme schemes that you could come up with with catheter bag. I'm pretty sure. Right. Oh, that's what I mean. What do we get? Wheelchairs and steel chairs. Yeah. <laughs> have your have all your shows in like the middle of the afternoon so you don't get too tired, you know? That's what the acoustic that's the whole acoustic thing is it's like we don't go to a club at eleven anymore. We go at eight o'clock and you know what I mean? <laughs> that's right. They're still serving food. Yes, man. Yeah. Glass of wine. Um <clears throat> there's always like um 
sort of crescendos of a tour and then like you know like i wish this didn't happen was there any of those this time uh i wish i had my brother and my my dj iv there you know what i mean like not doing a show with those two guys is weird because that's what i've told with for the last 15 20 years mm. um the after parties were way more chill you know what i mean an after party at two in the morning after the club is way crazier than 10 30 after the auditorium yeah you know so vibes like but it made it easier to tour too it wasn't waking up at one o'clock in the afternoon like oh man how are we gonna do this tonight it was it was a more mature tour. And are you, you're going to the Junos, right? Uh, I don't think I am. It's a couple weeks away, but I'm, I'm going away this weekend. I got to go away the next week. So, Were you nominated? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Yeah. But so, so you win. They're going to just show the picture of you? Oh, we sorry. Uh, classified couldn't be here tonight. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's sitting home. His daughter had basketball this weekend. He won't be able to come through it. That's a good excuse. That's some family stuff that I want to be here for. So, yeah. Um, are, is it sometimes I used to think that when I used to see um, acts at uh, the Junos, that it, it just wasn't the. I, I know this is like political in a way, so that you might not even want to answer it. But it almost, it always, it always sort of felt like it was like they know, like there were some names that were bigger than the Junos, <laughs> right? Like. Oh. And, and so there's like this vibe that, and you could sort of tell it was like a polite smile when they'd win their Juno, you know? Does it mean a lot to you? Uh, it means something. I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, no, I take my Juno and put it in the, it's not, I say this, it's not something you ever think making a record or putting a record out and be like, this is it, I'm getting the Juno. But when it comes out and you see, oh, shit, I got nominated, you know, it always comes out on Tuesday morning, you get a text from someone, man, congrats on the nomination. Yeah. It makes my day. You know, I'm like, oh, shit, okay, cool. The I was getting some recognition. So, and if you win it, like, I got my Juno up on my shelf. Like, I'm proud of that. But it's not it, It's not the goal. It's not something that every four months I look at it and go, I did it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it, it, it doesn't mean anything months after. But it is a moment you enjoy that, and it's something you're proud of, for sure. I think uh, you made the right call going to your daughter's basketball game. Not because it's the Junos. But that. all that being said, a retrospective. Yeah, like, retros- yeah. A retrospected um, performance from you would have been dope, though, at the Junos, because then it's like, you know, then you'd be booking all those big cities for a second date, you know? On that weekend, if we had a show up in Edmonton, that's where the Junos are. If we were playing the show, we were doing something else, but we were, we were going up there for the nomination, which was cool, but you, I got to manage my time right and to fly across the country just to go to a party and sit in the audience. Maybe win, that'd be great, but celebrating with my family is not a bad way to celebrate that, so... Um, we have to go in a, in a couple of minutes here, but I just wanted to, I just wanted to bring it back to Pat stay for a second. Um, and just ask you if, um, you know, has he made it into your writing at all since he's passed? Pat? No, 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 not, not in song form. No, like it's more something I think about when I'm not making music. It's, you know, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but. I just don't feel like that's something I got to put my music to share. I'm sure I will someday and there'll be something mm. to it. But like when Pat de- died, I was like, Oh, I got to go write a song for Pat. Right. You well, know? I was thinking more for yourself. I mean, I, some of the most powerful songs I was, I was talking to Billy Vera. He's like won a Grammy for that song that remember that song. What did you think? It was like on family ties and shit. And yeah. Uh, he, yeah. yeah. And he's, he's a pretty famous guy. He's won a gr- Grammy for, 
how some of his best songs no one has heard. Okay. You know, like he he's made it for himself and he was just like, it, it was so personal that he could have put it out on an album, but he was like, nah, nah, this is mine. I'm going to keep this. Do you have any of those that you kept, not because you didn't think it was good enough to go on the album, but you just kind of wanted it to yourself? No. Really? No, no, no. I, I, I like maybe it's selfishness in me. I don't know. But if I come up with something that I'm proud of and I'm like, you know, something that's touched my heart. I want people to feel what I'm feeling. So I put that out and I'm just like, I hope other people can feel the way I feel about this song. Yeah, no, that's good. I like that. Cause I even told Billy Bear off air. I was like, you got to release the fucking songs. It's not really fair. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I mean. I get why some artists like that. And I think it's the way I make songs is different too. Like, especially uh, this guy you're talking about, is he a guy that would write a song on a guitar and, or a piano and just, you know, he writes his song. He doesn't have to go to the studio and produce him, record Oh, it. there you are. Oh, did I cut out? Sorry. No, no, you're you're good. You were frozen for a second because uh, because Elon Musk hates me. So you're you're good now. Um, I don't know. I didn't hear what you said though. <laughs> no, no. I was just saying like uh, this Billy guy that you're talking about. I don't really know his music, but I feel like a lot of the traditional singer songwriters will sit down for 15, 20 minutes, write something on the guitar, and. Be like, oh, that's something special. That's for me. But where I write songs, I'm usually making the beat for a couple of days, right? Like, it's not just a, it's more of a process, I think. And I wish sometimes I could just pick up a guitar and say a couple lines, write what I'm feeling right there and feel like I had a song done. But when I put that much work into something, by the time I get it done, I'm always like, nah, I got to put it out. You play piano though, right? Not good. Like I can. Oh, okay mess around a little bit but not i wouldn't call myself a piano player by any means oh okay well listen um i'm so happy for you because i i before you went on the tour i was just like i know this is gonna work. i know this is gonna work and i was really 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 happy to see the reaction from the crowd and the media the media loved it dude yeah like, no it was a, a great like the tour really couldn't have went any better the whole you know i think 80 90 percent of it was sold out and we haven't toured in four or five years definitely not in this format mm. so to be do that we just did halifax we did two uh two sold out shows on the weekend in halifax and that's the hometown show that's yeah. the thing that's really the ultimate test is when you bring it back they've seen me play since junior high high school you know what i mean so for the family and friends that see my show and just to take me aside after the show being like man that was that was the coolest that was the best version of any show you ever did it's like okay you, you know i've always I've always seen you as a positive guy, but the smile that you just had on your face talking about the Halifax shows. That's what I'm saying, man. That's the yeah. real shit. Still gets me excited. Those are the moments that are like, you know, you stress, you work on these things for so many months, then the night happens. And it's like, man, I couldn't have went any better. That's, yeah. that's the well, that's all of it, man. Well, listen, man, um, I, I say this to artists, uh, especially Canadian artists. Uh, I am very proud of you. I, I think that you you accomplished something with this shit. And I, I think that you're showing, I think your influence, I think, I think your influence might be greater than you or even maybe other people think, because I think other people are going to start doing the same type of shit. And I think they're going to have you to thank for it. So well done. And um, yeah, man, no worries. And, uh, you know, come back again. When's your Toronto show? Because I'd like to go to that. Come on, April first at the Dan Fourth. Oh, okay, cool. Um, yeah, I think I'm oh. gonna go to that. I'll come see you. Yeah. Nice early night. You'll be home in bed before eleven. I live four hours away from Toronto, so I'm gonna have to figure out meetings that I'm gonna schedule in Where Toronto. Where are you located? <laughs> 
four hours. I live. I live like. Uh, I live two hours uh, east. Uh, no, west northwest of Ottawa, and like the three and a half hour drive from Toronto. So I'm like near Algonquin Park. Uh, we're doing a show two days before the Toronto show, just outside of Ottawa. Oh, so if you want to, that, let me know because that's probably closer. Yeah, it definitely is. Where? Wh- what's the city called? Uh. I might mess this name up. It's, the show is not even. I think it's Burnstown. Is that a town? I don't know. I've never. Been <laughs> like forty-five minutes from Ottawa is what I was told. You know what? Send me, send me, send me the name of this thing, and uh, I'll, def- I'll definitely check that out. What's the date of that one? Uh, the third March thirtieth. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Let's do that. Um. Yeah. I'll show up for that one for sure. Classified. It's always a pleasure to have you, buddy, and uh, we'll have you again soon. Thanks, Bob. Good talking. All right, buddy. Cheers. All right. I'm sorry about the tech issue, guys. I, and, and, and I really love my chat audience a lot, but I, I can't do this anymore. I can't, I can't fuck around with live shows like this. Uh, it, it bothered me. I love Classified. I'm really happy um, for him. And, uh, and you guys should go check out all the clips on YouTube and buy the album, too, uh, Retrospected. Uh, it'll, it's definitely worth it. And in about 20 minutes, um, which might be my last live show ever uh, because I'm so fucking tired of this. Uh, I, we're going to have Scott, Scott McGregor, who I just found out like three days ago, his last name isn't trades. I thought his, <laughs> I thought his last name, I thought the hot wallet podcast host, I thought his last name was trades and, um, and it isn't, it's McGregor. And I just thought he was like, you know, like there's a guy, there's like Smith. You used to be like, you were a Smith. I, I for some reason thought that, he was just born with the last name that he ended up becoming, um, ended up becoming his career. That's not the case, ladies and gentlemen. Um, his last name is McGregor, but he's the host of the Wallet uh, podcast, and he'll be on about twenty minutes. And we will see you then on Blackball. Thanks, everybody. listeners i'm christy and i'm melissa and this is buried motives where we dig deep into the details of some of the most gruesome dirtbag murderers she said she enjoyed hurting things that can't fight back and that is a disturbing view into the mind of a murderer in such a dirtbag yeah that's not even strong enough words this is totally a recipe for disaster and not to justify whatever is going to happen but you can totally understand and see how this would be in the works if you were only to look at what she did later on and not know any of that history, she would appear like off the wall crazy. Oh, 100%. Because we're not even close to getting to the end yet. But you can just see this pattern and all this kind of stuff developing in her, which is what we're here for. We're digging deep. Join us each Thursday as we unearth the dirt bags that live among us and the motives buried there. Hope you join us as we exhume the truth. 
kids. I'm your eager beaver. And I'm Mr. Grizzly. If you love politics or hate politics, then have we we the perfect perfect podcast for you. The True North Eager Beaver. Incisive political commentary. We keep you up to date and give you the political and media literacy you seek. To help you cut through the bovine fecal matter. Facts first. Sound analysis. Sometimes I growl. Sometimes I sass. We impart civics and build community. And we share some laughs along the way. Being informed and engaged has never been more fabulous or sexy. Catch us on on the Dean Blundell Blundell Network Network. or on our YouTube channel or wherever you get your podcasts. Because Because democracy democracy is is something something you do. do.